Let's see, let's see, let's see. My check, my check, my check, my check, my check. You listen to ATL Talks Radio, Atlanta's number one streaming talk radio station, and you're also listening to Hot 92.5. I'm reporting live this beautiful, well, this rainy, shall I say, this very, very rainy Thursday evening here in Atlanta, Georgia. But you are listening to Barrington Martin II. You are listening to the Barrington Report. And I am so glad to be talking to you guys this rainy but warm Thursday evening here in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, man, give a special shout-out um, to all the beautiful people listening in Radio Land. Give also a special shout-out to all of my listeners on Twitter. I love you all, and I appreciate you all as well. Now, I've been going for... About a week, I was um, sick last week. I had food poisoning due to my own negligence in um, taking care of food. That's neither here nor there. However, I have a very, very, very uh, special episode of the Barrington Report tonight for you all. And by the way, you can listen to me on Apple, Google App, Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and of course, www.atotalks.com. And tonight, of course, you can listen to me on www.hot92.5. Now, if you can hear me in Twitter land, just want to make sure my sound is right. Matt, if you can hear me, please give me some type of emoji where there's a thumbs up, where there's a heart, where there's 100. Please let me know that you can hear me loud and clearly because I, to me, I sound clear on my end. I want to make sure um, I sound clear on the other end. Now, today, ladies and gentlemen, I told you guys that I would be hitting you all with uh, solutions because we often talk about problems. We often talk about the issues, but we never talk about the solutions. And all we do is have circular conversations around the things that are problematic in this world or within our society in respect to politics, but we never speak about the solutions. So that's what I'm going to get into today. Um, I am also going to get into a little bit of news stories that is going to basically get into those solutions that I promised you all today. Beautiful listeners on Twitter, if you guys can hear me and then if I sound clear, please let me know. Let me know real quick before we get started because I don't want there to be any type of echoes. So if you can hear me and hear me well, please let me know. Um, Tammy and Jonathan, I know you guys joining me and the rest of people went in and went out, but I need to know if you guys can hear me before we get started. Yes. Okay. That made me feel good. That made me feel good. And um, what's up, Publius? What's up, brother? All right. Now, as I stated before you guys got on, I'm going to start with specific news stories and then we're going to get right into the solutions. And um, there's a couple of news stories that caught my eye. And um, again, I think it's important to discuss these news stories very quickly, and then we're going to segue directly into possible solutions. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to. This may be a two or three part series, but I'm gonna try my best to get through all of these things that I basically took a week and a half, two weeks to talk about. Now, um, a report came out. That stated that housing is now unaffordable for a record half of all U.S. renters. Study finds a new Harvard University report reveals that in 2022, a record half of U.S. renters pay more than 30 percent of of their income for rent and utilities, with nearly half of them paying over 50 percent. Even households making thirty thousand dollars to seven seventy four 
$1,999, basically 75K a year face increased unaffordability and a third of full-time working renters were burdened by housing costs. The rental market is softening, but compromises such as living in less desirable neighborhoods and or longer commutes no longer guarantee cheaper rent. Now, there always will be a problem when people can't take care of themselves and they want to work hard. Now, this is why I say that it is important and it is very dire for us to speak about solutions, right? In this in this society, it's because things aren't changing for the better. Things are changing for the worse. And you have to basically understand the dynamics of the society that you exist in in order to live a life of progression. And what I mean by life of progression, I mean that things not only get better for you, but things get better for your future generations. Now, I started out with this story because clearly things are getting or becoming more expensive while the value of the dollar decreases. And yet and still the people that we vote for to be in charge of these things and lessening those blows that we're having at the pump, that we're having at the grocery store, that we have in all these areas of society, they're not doing their job. And the primary reason they're not doing their job is because now um, we live in a capital driven society where capital even rules over the things that it's not supposed to rule over. So, before I jump into solutions or giving you guys practical solutions that you can implement in your day-to-day lives, we have to set the tone with a couple of understandings in order for you to be able to understand where these solutions derive from, in order for you to truly understand um, what these solutions encompass. Now, I believe if you understand these three things, it'll help you going forward and navigating the political aspects of our society and better understanding the role you play within society or in respect to society um, politically. The very first thing you have to do is understand that there are problems that exist and you have to know something before you do something. Therefore, you must know that things are not what they seem. And what I mean by this by this is you have to take away everything that you think you know and totally throw it in the garbage. You have to think and take away everything you think you thought you've learned. And this is in respect to every aspect of our society. And you have to totally diminish those things because essentially you have to reteach yourself and open yourself up to possibilities that you never would have thought before. The second thing is to understand that everything you think you know about the past is false. Literally everything. Society is made up of mythos and stories that create the society itself as well as the understanding of said society. Therefore, um, things you accept as quote unquote history or the facts you accept as history, moreover, are merely the myths, tales, stories, and legends that develop your understanding of that society and the understanding of yourselves within that society even. I cannot stress how important I cannot stress how important it is to read alternative narratives of history. That is read other perspectives, read the unpopular perspectives, read narratives from the bad guy side or who who they say are the bad people. Read their narratives as well. It's very important to get all sides of the story. Read everything that goes against the popular narratives of our society in respect to history. Why do I say this? The truth is somewhere in the middle of both sides of the narratives. The closer you are to the truth, the better understanding you will have of this society and the politics of this society. This is probably the second biggest 
um, concept that people fail to realize. And because people do not understand that everything within our society from the time that we're born, all the way up, all the way up until we um, garnish or gather some sense of personality and certain understanding of society, everything was given to us. Critical thought and original thought is rare. Every thought that you have about this society was given to you. When you step outside the box and you start to think about things for yourself and you start to possess original thought, you start to ask questions. And anytime you ask questions, you start to get to the nitty gritty and seeing the fraud that's been perpetuated upon everybody that exists within this society. And it is a fraud because if it wasn't a fraud and people were actually see things for what they are and not what they want to see and not what they've been told, freedom, true freedom, real freedom um, would be possible. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Number three, master all of that in your control. Do not focus on that which you cannot control. The two steps I mentioned before this one are important, but this is the most practical step before we get into realizing actual solutions that will change the dynamics of the society politically. Mastering all that is in your control means there are certain truths you must accept. The things within your control you must master, you must dominate these things because there are certain things, and I'm going to tell you some more truths that you have to understand in order to provide or in order to create solutions within this society. But if you dominate and control everything that you're supposed to control, everything else will fall by the wayside and everything else will be easy. What you'll start to see is many of the issues that we have with government wouldn't even really exist. Some of the things you can't get away from, like taxation, some of the things you can't get away from, like the extortion of taxation or the, excuse me, the extortion that is taxation, you won't be get, you won't get away from. But um, down the line, future generations or the work that you will put in you allow future generations to basically make changes that you probably or possibly won't see. So here we go. These are the truths you must accept, ladies and gentlemen. First and foremost, the federal government moves as a criminal organization. So, so now I should sound better. Now, um, the first thing, the first practical solution that I'm giving you guys this evening. Hold on one second. Let me double check. No sound on the website. It should be clear now. Um, Ice Cold Geek. I'm going to have to rerun that back later. It should be clear now. Let me know if you guys can hear me still. I accidentally muted myself um, because I got excited. So excuse me. Know thyself. Know who you are. Know what your weaknesses are. Become the biggest self-governing person you can be. Do what you can do to make yourself better in all aspects of life in every single detail. In addition to this, please, please, please get your own affairs in order. A key thing people don't realize in respect to politics is that your biggest threat to progress or any type of success is often your success. Excuse me, it's often yourself. We are our biggest enemies. Do you guys hear me? We are our biggest enemies. We always think that there's a boogeyman out to get us. We always think that we cannot do anything. And at the end of the day, no one is going to stop you if you actively go out and do the things that you want to do as long as it is righteous. And I'm going to give you something else. Another practical solution um, involved in knowing thyself. Well, that's wait. I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. This is more so number two. Educate yourself. Actually know about the society that you're a part of. Know the fake history and teach yourself the real history. 
Understand that things are not what they seem to be. Know that there are three sides to every story and you've been taught one side all of your life and you hold that side as truth and you have yet to know about the other side that allows the truth to be revealed to you. Again, there are three sides to every story in this thing that we call quote unquote history. There's the side that's the dominant side that's been taught to us and given to us all our lives that we hold as truth. Then there's the other side that we don't know about that is revealed to us through research or through people writing books or through people writing any type of um, literary piece that gives insight to things that we never heard about. And then through deciphering and figuring out the middle ground of those sides, we are able to see the truth or able to see the truth, feel the truth. Understand the system of money. Know that your money is not backed by anything but the U.S. military. These things are vital to your understanding of the politics of this society, ladies and gentlemen. You have to understand how this game works. You have to understand how this system works. Now, you guys know me. Normally, I don't like to talk about Jews. I don't like to talk about the Jews in society, but I'm going to give the Jews of our society some props because they understand the game better than anybody else. I'm going to hit you guys with this for a little bit, and then I'm going to transition into some practical solutions from the law side. But I think it was important for me to talk about this specifically about Jews in society in the United States, because I think people are looking at it the wrong way. And what I mean is when the reason that there is this small group, very, very small group, a fraction of the population who have disproportionate power in major facets or major aspects of society is because they understand how the system works and understand the game. Now, before I continue, let me remind you that nothing I am saying is anti-Semitic. Explicitly stating facts is not anti-Semitic at all. And it's, it's sad that I have to say this, but I'm saying this for everybody that's listening because I want people to learn from this because there is indeed something to get out of this and learn from it. Let me give you an example. If black people had a mythos that was much better than the mythos that they have now, and what I mean by that is um, black, black, black Americans specifically, they deal with a history of oppression, they deal with a history of slavery, and this is the only thing that they know. This is the only thing that makes up their identity within this society. It's pretty sad, but it is what it is. Now, if black people possess the same mythos, but along with it, they were individuals that is were in charge of the biggest sectors that deal with um, entertainment, the biggest sectors that deal with money and banking, the biggest sectors that deal with communication, the dig the biggest sectors that deal with being in charge of an entire nation's um, banking, an entire nation's or certain aspects of governance, individuals that is. And I'm not talking about a group. I'm talking about individuals. If there were black individuals who were known to be bankers, black individuals who were known to be head of the Fed, black individuals um, who were known to to basically um, be in charge or be in charge of the biggest um what do you call those things? Studios in Hollywood that influences entertainment, that influences public opinion, to be in charge of the mate, the mate, the biggest major news conglomerates, be in charge of these things. Like there are Jewish individuals that do so. The reputation, one, and the understanding of themselves in respect 
to public opinion in respect to specific aspects of our society would be totally different. What do I mean by that? Case in point, within the United States education system, little kids read about the Holocaust, something that happened in Germany. Why is that? Why is it that certain aspects of curriculum that deals with the United States talks about something that happened 60, 70 years ago overseas that have nothing to do with the United States, they have nothing to do with the education of the United States, the, the children of the United States. Ask the questions of how is it that there are certain aspects of our lives where our children, our reverence for specific historical event, specific historical events, excuse me, we highly revere other events more so than other events, even though they all of these events matter. All of these events should have equal footing, but they don't. How is it that smaller or small groups of individuals who, who certainly possess similar ideologies have much more of a say in society in certain areas and other areas? For example, today, and we saw this in Florida as well. Today, for example, um, my... Let me see, my state legislature under the Gold Dome um, voted on a bill passing um, or defining anti-Semitism. A lot of people don't agree with that. And at first, of course, you know, I have a problem with that because it could be an infringement on our First Amendment. Then I had to take a step back and I had to realize, wait a minute, how is it that these state governments are creating laws for one specific group of people? What are these people doing that everybody else aren't doing in this organization? It's understanding capital. It's understanding the power in numbers or the power in or the unity, the power in unity. Case in point, guys, why is it that the people themselves have not started a political pact about things that they agree with or things that they believe in? Black people, for example, and I have to revert back to, to my race because it's the greatest example ever. Black people have a tendency to say that, for example, um, the Democrats aren't doing anything for them. The Republicans aren't doing anything for them. The Congressional Black Congress haven't done anything for them specifically. And the NAACP haven't done anything. Or why is it that the ADL has so much more power than the NAACP, even though the NAACP is much organization, much older organization than the ADL? How is that possible? Well, it's because of the organization skills. It's because when you organize at a small level and you get people who have the same thought processes and the same energy towards the same direction of things, what ends up happening is you can move mountains that way. This is why Governor DeSantis went to Israel to sign an anti-Semitism bill for Florida. This is why Florida state legislator signs an anti-Semitism bill for the state of Florida, even though it does not count towards everybody, but specifically towards one group of people. And today, this is why the Georgia Senate passed a bill defining anti-Semitism. Because clearly, there is a small group of people with the same ideology who possess enough capital politically, enough capital um, itself to be able to do the necessary things they need to do or want to do for those with their same ideology. This is something that Americans have not figured out yet, and I don't understand this. For example, if you believe strongly in a certain issue, why not understand, why not gather your capital? Why not get with people who, who believe the same things you believe in and put money towards it? At some point in time, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that your votes 
are, are not as strong as you think that they are. Money rules the world. Money dominates um, the society that we're in. And as I've often said time and time again, the golden rule could also could morally be treat others as you want to be treated or do unto others as you have them do unto you. But in all actuality, in this society, the man with the gold rules. Which goes into my next solution. Get with others that are like-minded and slowly begin to show numbers in places that you can easily assert control. How many of you guys go to your school board meetings in your community? How many of you guys go to city council meetings in your community? How many guys, how many of you guys, excuse me, know who your city councilman is? How many of you guys know who your commissioner is? Better yet, how many of you all have donated money, whether individually or in a pool, to your city council member? Of course, you don't may not have the big bucks yourself, but if imagine if you if let's say ten thousand people within the community pulled ten thousand ten dollars amongst each other, individually amongst each other, and gave it to whoever their city council representative was, and let's say with that you you told them that this is what it what you wanted or this is what you needed to be done during their tenure in office. Why did I use the Jews? Why did I use Jewish people? Do you guys you guys know about APAC? Do you know about the um, lobbying power of APAC? And they give money to politicians on both sides of the aisle. Guys, I hate to say this, but it, this is chess, not checkers. And most of the American public looks at politics like checkers. Most of the American, American um, people, excuse me, look at this thinking that, oh, all I got to do is go out and vote. And my vote is going gonna, is gonna to help us out. No, it is not. Do you think that the people with capital care about voting when they know that their money can move mountains? When they know that their money is power? You have to change or alter your perception of everything that's going on and realize that you have been lied to for too long about how things works in this society. Every year... And you're going to hear this. You're going to hear this. You are legitimately going to hear this. They're going to tell you that this is the most important election of our lifetime. They're going to tell you that they need to get, they need you to get out and vote. Have you guys ever wondered how there is a small percentage of the population that is less than, I think, 2% in the world, yet governments everywhere, everywhere, do exactly, especially in America, do exactly what they want to do, when they want to do, and how they want it done. Again, you can't hate the player, hate the game. Once I start realizing this, and once I start seeing the power structure for what it is, you can't get mad at it. You can only play the game the way the rules are, because that's all they're doing. But the crazy part is, is you can do it too. The biggest aspect that flies under the radar is that people do not dominate the areas of society that they're supposed to be dominating. Remember, guys, I told you, you will never dominate the federal government. You will never dominate the federal government at all under any circumstance. Never. But you can dominate your community. You can dominate your city government. You can even dominate your county. And once you have all of those unlocked, you can head to the state. One of the things that people take for granted is um, being a part of a jury and jury nullification can, can just 
oh my gosh, it can make waves in changing the law the way you want the law to be changed. So if you guys know what jury notification is, it occurs when a jury returns a not guilty verdict, even though jurors believe beyond reasonable doubt that the defendant has broken the law. And because the not guilty verdict cannot be overturned and because the jurors cannot be punished for their verdict, the law is said to be nullified in that particular case. So what do I mean? So what is, so give me, let me give you an example of jury notification. Marijuana is illegal, right? Someone gets locked up for marijuana, asks for, requests a jury trial. The jury, all the entire jury believes that um, marijuana, marijuana laws are unjust, so to speak. That person goes to court. The jury says, yes, he broke the law, definitely broke the law, but we find him not guilty under the, the guise or under the terms that marijuana laws are unjust. When presidents continue to be set in this type of manner where juries everywhere, people take jury, jury duty seriously and people are going to jail or um, catching cases for things they shouldn't be catching cases for and juries going in there and rendering these people not guilty, it will set presidents that will change the law. And this is one of the direct powers that people have in respect to the law. But. Because people don't take jury duty seriously and because jury duty is often um, looked down upon, people don't know these things. And it's based on the theory that the average citizen when serving on a jury should be able to override the laws passed by the government. Guys, remember, remember, when you, as you watch all of these things that are taking place in Texas right now, please understand. And that's why I say you have to know history. You have to understand wh where we are and where we come from in respect to a lot of things in the past. If you read the Treaty of Paris, the Treaty of Paris explicitly states that the federal government is an agent of the 13 colonies, meaning that at any time the federal government starts or enacts in any type of behaviors that even one of these states do not like the state has a right to say, Hey, I do not wish to be a part of this anymore. This ultimately, this is ultimately the, the, the core of the civil war, but they tell you the core of the civil war is based in slavery. Sure. Slavery has something to do with it or whatever, but it's not the central basis of the civil war. The South were absolutely right in how they felt. Absolutely. But again, if you don't know history, you only know the victor's side of the story. You accept these common narratives as truth when essentially these narratives have to be put in place so that society can carry on the way that it carries on now. And what I mean by that is a docile society, a docile populace that basically um, do not question anything and just take everything at face value for, for what it is. And just carry on that way. Taxation. Please understand that the state literally extorts money from you through taxation. You never really know where the money is going on the federal level. On the state level, you know where it's going, but not 100% of the time. On the city level, you can track it. It's even better than the state. But sometimes you don't know where that money is going. But you know where it's going on the community level. You know where, you know where if you and your neighborhood or your community want to do something involving funds that you all pitch in, you know exactly where that money's going through. You know exactly where that money's coming from. You have to, or we have to start small, ladies and gentlemen, and get bigger then. This is why, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, this is why I'm not voting in a federal election for a long time. 
Don't care. We have a Trump versus Biden rematch. Don't care. Why? Because for the last eight to 12 years of my life, everything that has occurred to me, everything that has happened to me has been by, been by, on my own doing. I just can look at what type of businesses or what type of industries the, the president at the time supports and I can move my money in the stock market and benefit from that just like everybody else does. But in respect to thinking that this one man or this one person or the, this political party is going to do the necessary things for me individually or for this country, I'm past that because it's all lies. It's all a fraud. The fact that we argue about things that we argue Excuse me. In fact, the fact that we argue about things that we should not be arguing about and we should not be coming to a common sense resolution together shows the fraud that's been perpetuated on us from a political standpoint. Why is it that there is um, democratic beliefs or Republican beliefs in respect to things like abortion? How is it that we cannot even come to the middle of the road in respect to conversations involving abortion? Why is it? Why does it have to be an all or nothing type of thought process if these elected officials are supposed to be doing what's best for the entire nation? You should never be so partial in this world or in this society to where you think that, oh, my team won and that's all that matters, even though we live in a country where you, you should want everybody to benefit. We have to start understanding that much of our thought processes in respect to politics in this nation is very outdated and archaic. George Washington warned us about political parties, but for some reason, it's like we didn't listen. And at this point in our society, it's almost as if People do not care about solutions more so than power that they can obtain from the problems that they have. As I've told you guys plenty of times before, and I'm going to continue to say this, problems equals profit in our society. Problems will forever equal profits in our society because the government wants a populace, the federal government that is, and even you can argue the state as well. The federal government wants a populace of people that cannot handle their own problems. This is why the family continues to be destroyed. This is why you have the arguments about uh, social security and social safety nets the way that we do when essentially if family, if the family unit was close knit and the family unit was tight, there would not be a need for a government to give out tax dollars and tax money, which brings me to my next point. People should basically understand or start to understand where they're getting taxed and where that tax money goes. That is very, very important. Oftentimes, you hear that there needs to be more money poured into education. And when you start looking at how much it costs for the average student um, in America, you will see that it's almost up to twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year to educate one student. Then you take it to the fact that this happens for about five years old to eighteen years old. So that's thirteen years where a mother and a father pay at least twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars for their one kid. This includes books. This includes the facilities. This includes lunches. Um, this includes so many things: buses, the gas for buses. This includes everything else. And when you look at the fact that we tell each other that school is free, even though you get taxed for it on the back end, and not only that, kids have to pay for lunch based on the amount of money their parents make. And not only that, the lunches that they feed these kids are, are worse than jail lunches. 
I believe if parents got paid, or excuse me, if parents got um, had to pay a bill up front before every school year of how much money they had to pay for the, to educate their kids, it would in an overnight turn around um, the success rate of our children being able to read and write and do arithmetic. But we have this idea in our mind that school is free and, and public education is free when essentially we get taxed for it on the back end and we never see it. If we got an upfront tax bill before the year, It'll make us look at money a little bit differently, but it'll also make us look at how inefficient and ineffective our government has been all this time. Do you guys understand that 30, I think 37% of graduating seniors um, only know how to, um, only 37% of graduating seniors are proficient in reading or um, at the level that they need to be in reading before they graduate? I say this because why in the hell is a small population of our graduating seniors are able to read, write, and do math when we're graduating um, kids at a 93% rate every year. Out of that 93%, only 37% can read and only 33% can do math on level. That is ridiculous. Yet, you have conservative media pundits continuously talk about the culture war within education and not actually education within itself. That is a problem, ladies and gentlemen, a fixable problem, but we have to have people in the right areas within our society willing to have these conversations out loud. I get it. You don't want your child to learn about gender and sexuality in school. That's fine. But if they can't even read a word, what difference does it make? You don't want your kid to learn about all of these things dealing in the culture war, but your kid is not even learning at all. You, we have to start asking the necessary questions. We start that we have to start being in the necessary rooms. And a lot of these things, I get it. I understand. Everybody works. Sometimes people don't have time to do all these things, but it's like you can't complain when you're not putting yourself in position to make those necessary changes to impact change itself. I get it. I understand. We all work hard. We all need to do what's necessary to put food on our table and provide a roof over our heads. But there are conversations taking place that are open to the public that people are not actually showing up to. That's a small solution right there. That's a small change that can be made. Personally, well, let me, let me say this. Let me preface what I'm about to say by saying this. Um, we got to understand and not go back to this. And I said this earlier, the government runs itself like a criminal enterprise. Think about how the mafia is. Think about how you used to pay or people used to pay the mafia for protection, so to speak. And really it was protect from protection from them. And the government runs itself like that, especially in respect to taxation. I personally feel like um, when it comes to federal taxes, it should come from the corporations. And the reason I say this is because um, corporations often um, take the most benefit from the government itself. We've seen the bailouts in the past. We've seen um, a lot of laws being passed specifically for corporations or for the benefit for corporations. And a lot of times it's, re it's important in my, in my opinion um, for us to take a step back and actually look at what type of benefits we've ever had from the federal government, especially over the last 20 to 30 years, shall I say. And this is why I say that if we're, 
taxation is theft and it's extortion in my opinion. But if we're going to be taxed at the federal level, we shouldn't be taxed at the federal level. Corporations should. And I know you guys are saying that, oh, we're just going to pass off costs on us. But that's where the market comes into place. That's where we choose or allow the corporations to compete for our bucks. Now, when you start going on the state level, changes up just a little bit. But in respect to taxation, this is why I think that people should really start asking questions about the money and where the money goes in respect to state taxation. I say this because your state balances or puts out a budget every year. How many of you guys know that? How many of you guys you know, excuse me, how many of you guys know about your city budget? How many guys, how many of you guys know about your county budget? All of this information is available to you, but nobody looks at it because nobody seems to either know about it or nobody cares. But if you cared enough to look at these things, you'll start to ask questions. And when you ask questions, people have to answer you. They can't just leave you by the wayside, ladies and gentlemen. They have to answer you. But oftentimes, the biggest thing that fails, that, that allows us to fail is our own ignorance. Not that we're stupid, because we're not stupid. We just don't know. And they're not going to put the information out there for you to get. This is why you always have to be curious. You always have um, to want to know the things that are taking place on a government level. Because we have seen this time and time and time again, that the government has been far too inefficient with our funds. Everybody deserves to take home a full paycheck to do whatever with, with, with it, whatever they want to do with that paycheck. But we live in a society where we pass off responsibility to the next man because of things that we think are inconveniencing us when essentially the fact that money is being taken away from us, it inconveniences us much greater at the end of the day. Now, with that being stated, or me saying all of this, these are some things I want you guys to work on going forward. And I've started to do this a little bit of myself and I see that I feel a bit more empowered than I've ever felt before in understanding my role in respect to politics and my role in respect to government, right? Start understanding and start researching your, your local elected officials, Start understanding and researching what they stand for. Um, don't necessarily pay attention to what they're doing federally. And what I mean by that is the, the circus that involves the presidential election. Because again, it's too big to fail. It's so far gone. You have to be able to be, imp- you are much more impactful locally. You are much more impactful starting small. You are much more impactful starting relationships with like-minded people within your own community. And you can take over your own community this way. It's free to pick up trash in your neighborhood. It's free. It's free. It's free to beautify your own community. It's free to watch out for your neighbors and watch out um, for shady characters in your area. It's free. All of that is free. 1,000%. And it's these small things that we tend to neglect and that we tend to look over when we can legitimately be the change within our own communities or the change that we want to see overall. It's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. 
It's very, very simple, but we have to take the time to do those things. Now, um, there's a status quo organization of government levels in the U.S. that I'm going to post on my Substack to be a reference or to be a supplement um, to the conversation tonight. And it's interesting, and I really want you guys um, to take a gander at it and take a glance at it to see just how um, the bureaucracy in our country is set up it tells you the governance level, the representatives, the revenue source, the authority, and the interconnection of authority and representation. And it's very interesting. And when you start to see, um, especially on a local level, where you can um, assert yourselves or you and a group of people can assert yourselves and basically have much more of a say than you think, it'll give you complete understanding um, about how governance works at different levels. By the way, this is very important. I totally forgot to say this. Understand American. Please understand American civics. It is dire that you guys understand American civics. That is something that most people do not get. A simple eighth grade understanding of the Constitution, a simple eighth grade understanding of local government. It is very, 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 very important for you guys to get it because a lot of people do not even understand the law of the land in which they live. And that has or that continuously becomes a problem that continuously becomes an issue um, of why things are the way that they are. Now, um, I didn't have any other news stories for you guys. Let me see. Um, I told you about housing. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. There's something that happened in California. I think I lost a story, but it's no big deal. But I want to give you guys insight on possible solutions that you can legitimately enact on your day-to-day lives, whether it's knowledge-based or whether um, it's simply by galvanizing the people around you who are like-minded that can help you in- insert or enact change within your communities. Now, guys, next week, Next week, I'm going to hit you with some more things. I think that um, today was a good introductory um, conversation for us to get get started because as we approach November, I'm not going to I'm not going to even get totally um, sucked into the circus that is going to be about or the circus that is going to be created. I'm not going to get sucked into that. I'm going to get sucked into the work that I've been doing and I'm going to get sucked into um, mainly giving you guys little tools and tidbits here and there that you can enact yourselves. And that way I feel like we can all have or be working towards something from our own bubbles when he, and he eventually will be like a domino effect or, or a snowball effect. And um, we can see and, talk to each other and bounce ideas off each other to see what's working, what's not working here on so on and so forth. It's time for us to use the internet the way it was meant to be used. It's time for us to actually stop complaining, stop sitting on the sidelines thinking that these old ways of just voting and sitting back and waiting for something to happen is going to make those changes for us because they won't and they haven't. It's time for us to do the work ourselves. It's time for us to do the work individually. It's time for us to do the work within our families and then it's time for us to just do what's necessary in order to be those changes that we like to see in our world. You listen to ATL Talks Radio, Atlanta's number one streaming talk radio station. This is the Barrington Report. Um, you listen to Hot 92.5, some of you that is, and 
A lot of you beautiful people are listening on Twitter. I hope you guys enjoyed this particular episode of the Barrington Report. Um, I got a lot of good things coming for you guys on my Substack. I got some articles I'm going to release soon. I'm going to write do a write-up of this entire conversation. I know I probably bounced around all over the place, but I hope you guys got something from this, and I hope you guys actually enjoyed this. Now, next week, I'm going to hit you with some more news, but I'm going to hit you with some more practical things using um, current events that you guys can see a lot of the things that I'm talking about enacting in real time because I feel um, that it's important for you guys to just not see me talk about it, but see it being enacted in real life. So I will see you guys next Thursday here in the Barrington Report, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, I will always be live on Twitter Spaces, excuse me, X Spaces for you guys as well. Um, I hope you guys have a good weekend. I hope you guys do something that you enjoy doing. And remember, in order for you to love others, you first have to learn to love yourself. I will see you guys next Thursday. It is always a pleasure. I am always internally grateful. And I I am thankful, excuse me, for you all. See you guys next week. Peace.